Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The experts say that the honeymoon phase only lasts somewhere between 18 and 24 months. So if you want a happy and connected, exciting relationship that lasts 18 to 24 years and more, stay tuned. This is the Relationships Made Easy podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yay, we're here. I'm actually recording this in an actual hot spell in Northern California, and you don't understand <laughs> that we don't get these here, uh, where I live anyway. There's a large area, obviously, of Northern California that does get very hot, but I live uh, right on the bay in a little town called Albany, California, which is funny, coming from New York City, and it's just doesn't get that hot here. We have uh, weather very much like San Francisco, which is literally, I think, uh, 10 miles away, 12 miles away. It, we're, we're right, just right there. I'm looking at San Francisco all the time. And so we get weather very similar to them, which is pretty much kind of cold all year round. And so to get a real hot spell, I'm sitting here in, in my, what I call my vacation clothes, because the only time I get to wear them is when I go on vacation somewhere hot, like New York or Florida or wherever, somewhere warm. Uh, I'm very excited. Just want to say, and McCartney and I my daughter and I tracked down a Mr. Softy truck this weekend because I got the Mr. Softy app. Very exciting. Who knew? Mr. Softy was a thing in New York. Uh, used to go there all the time. I I will tell you, um, I was asking Gary the other day. I was like, oh, let's get Mr. Softy. Let's get Mr. Softy. And he's like, don't ever yell that at a man. Like, don't do it. We don't like it. So, <laughs> so anyway, it is an ill-named, you know, 
truck, uh, ice cream truck, I would say. But the ice cream is amazing. It's soft serve. It's so good. Reminds me of Carvel back home, uh, back in New York. And uh, shout out to Carvel for anyone who knows that kind of ice cream. It's the best. Anyway, enough about that. So happy you're here. A lot of you wrote in about the honeymoon phase. What do we do when it ends in a relationship? And I really want to answer that today. And before I jump in, I do want to mention something that uh, folks don't seem to know, which is that I do something called a couples intensive. And basically, it's a three-month therapy go with me. Uh, where I do uh, an all-day workshop one day, and then there's uh, follow-up sessions the next couple months. But you know, it takes an average of an average really of about three months to change habits for good. So that's why I have it over three months. Um, you have access to me in between the sessions, which is great. So when a fight happens or something happens and you're feeling stuck, you can actually um, leave you know leave me a message. I'll get back to you, uh, so that you can take care of things in real time. And I've been doing those online way before COVID happened uh, because I have clients all over the world uh, from all over the place. So uh, I've been doing those online and they have been highly, highly successful. And I think it's something to do with really putting all that energy in for a a short period of time and really going, okay, we're all in for three months. Let's make this happen. Uh, So I do want to throw that out there. If you're interested, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. There's also something on their website under services. It talks about the couples intensive. So you can uh, learn more about it if you want. All right. So let's get to it. What to do when that honeymoon phase ends in your relationship? That's your question. I know it is. Well, I've got your answer. Are you ready? Be happy (laughs) because it means that you've moved to better things in the relationship. Well, and so it can mean that. And I'm going to help you really understand what I mean by that. The honeymoon phase where, you know, everything feels amazing. It's actually due to a biochemical process called limerence. Isn't that a great word? Limerence. And this is like, limerence is like the best push-up bra in the world. It looks great in the beginning, but eventually everyone's going to figure out what's real. And then you're going to be either really disappointed or you're going to think, oh, I like this even better and let's move on. So uh, it's, I really want to talk about that because, and really what you're looking for in the relationship is not to continue the honeymoon phase forever. That's, that's really not it. There's better phases ahead. Yes. There's more, there's better, there's longer lasting, there's deeper, there's better sex, there's everything ahead. So let me explain that today. I'm going to get down to it. You know me, I'm going to have tips for you, all the goodies. So let's go. Uh, So of course, your first question, I would think, is going to be, what the heck is limerence, Abby? What, like, tell me more. Tell me more about this limerence. So that word was uh, the first coined by a psychologist named Dorothy Tenov in... 1979. I'm, I'm going to have to double check that. I should have double checked it before I started. Uh, I'm 99% sure it's 1979. And he, she had a book called Love and Limerence, The Experience of Being in Love. Of course, I will um, link to that in the show notes as, as well as on my blog of when you look up the blog of what to do when the honeymoon phase ends in your relationship. Okay. So, and she was clear, and this has been Um, I'm going to talk about other research around this that's more recent, but she was clear that limerence shouldn't be confused. So you can't confuse limerence with love or even lust because there's some very specific things to look for to know that limerence is happening. And here they are. And this might sound familiar to you. 
So that feeling of being totally obsessed, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> feeling you, you can't eat, you can't sleep, you can't concentrate. All you think about is them. That is really a limerence thing. Needing to feel it back is another big piece of that, the, the reciprocation. Not only are you obsessed with them, you want them to be just as obsessed with you and you are just despondent if they don't reciprocate. And But if they do, your feet don't touch the ground. It's like the best thing ever. There's But there's this real draw to have them show you and you're checking all the time and poking at them to see if they feel the same way. A lot of times that's where jealousy comes in and some weird irrational uh, requests or feelings, you'll see them. And uh, the other thing about limerence is the other person can do no wrong. You end up usually putting them on kind of a pedestal and have a pretty, it's really like an irrationally positive view of everything they do. They are just fabulous. And you're ignoring all the things that later in the relationship drive you insane. But in that beginning, it doesn't feel that way. They just seem wonderful. And a lot of people think that, oh, my partner wasn't like this when we first got together. I don't know what happened. They were. They were very much like this. You just didn't notice it. You were, you're literally, your brain was hijacked by limerence. <laughs> we're talking about that. But, um, and then the other piece that really denotes this stage is that you physically want them by your side all the time. You want to be touching them. You want to be around them. You want them in the room with you. Uh, you feel pain when you can't lay your eyes on them is basically what happens. So, and, uh, biological anthropologist Helen Fisher, who I talk about all the time. She's a senior research fellow at, um, where is she a senior research fellow? Huh? I really should know this. Um, at the Kinsey Institute. That's it. Sorry. Should have that tip my tongue. I didn't. Um, she, she's amazing. I I've linked to all her stuff before. I love her, her Ted talk, everything else. Uh, shout out Helen. If you're listening, you're, I, uh, I think you're the bomb. Uh, she calls the honeymoon phase, she talks a bit about it as like an infatuation period. And she has a great book called The Anatomy of Love, and uh, which was all about what I'm talking about. But she talked and she talks about the increases of neurotransmitters like norepinephrine and dopamine in your brain. And I talked about these biochemical reactions last year when I talked about how to find the spark again. I did an episode on that, which again, I'll link to in the show notes. Um, but I'm going to give you, I'm just going to pull out a little piece of that. I, I have a lot more in that particular How to Find the Spark Again um, podcast and blog, but uh, I'm going to give you a little Reader's Digest of just a piece of it right now. Um, so really what Dr. Fisher did was she identified uh, three different brain systems in relationships, okay? So like kind of, th there's sort of three phases in a relationship and, and they each have their own biochemical reactions in them. I call this the relationship brain constellation because I like to put fancy names on things, as you know. Uh, but I call it a constellation because they all work together. Uh, it's not linear. It's not like you go from one to the other or the other and then end somewhere. You can actually go back and forth. They're sort of fluid. So I, I like to think of them more in a, like a constellation, you know, little stars in a constellation. Uh, that all connect as opposed to one straight line. And uh, and one really isn't, one little area isn't more important than another in creating connection and satisfaction. Each, you know, star of the constellation, they each have important brain chemicals associated with them. So now the, so the three 
stars or the constellation or the three phases that she talks about are sex and lust, which is, that's our honeymoon phase, this infatuation. Um, your feelings of attachment and trust are the second. And the third she talks about are the actual being in love and romance and that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna break some of this down for you right now. So what's happening to you in that honeymoon phase? So the honeymoon phase, the, the chemical you need to focus on in relation to your sex drive, so that's when there's often sex and lust, right? Alice infatuation with the other person. And the chemical we think about the most with that uh, is of course testosterone, right? Uh, in, and in general, the more testosterone you've got, the more sex you want. And testosterone starts to slowly decrease in men, typically after age 30, um, but there's other things that can make it decrease uh, besides aging. So, you know, weight gain, just not moving much, you know, not having a lot of blood flow uh, to the areas. <laughs> Some medications can uh, cause testosterone to decrease. Emotional or physical stress also definitely can lower levels of testosterone. So, and what many people don't realize, of course, is that women have testosterone. We've got it too. And although ours is much lower than men's, it's still an important hormone related to sex and our mood, really, our overall mood. So for women, testosterone decreases by about half by the time we're 40. I don't know. And this directly affects the sexual desire, satisfaction, but it's also a contributor to... Um, depression and anxiety, I want to say also. So a lot of times I think people just think, oh, women, you know, childbearing years, right, in their 30s, you know, 20s to 30s, and then they seem to not want sex anymore. It's because they have babies. And that is part of it maybe. And maybe they have body issues, you know, you still have weight on or whatever. But uh, this testosterone deal is a biggie also. And we know that um, often we see an increased uh, depression and anxiety as women enter their 40s. And so also here too. So, but for both men and women, a decreased sex drive tends to be related to stress. Really want to, I can't stress stress enough, uh, lack of movement, uh, those relationship issues and tiredness, just feeling really fatigued and tired. So, but stress is the biggest culprit because when you're stressed, you're releasing other hormones like cortisol, uh, which is stress, you know, these stress-inducing hormones, epinephrine, which we also call adrenaline, right? So you're getting all these, you know, you don't want a bunch of adrenaline shoving into your system. It doesn't feel good. And these are the hormones, of course, that are preparing you to fight or flee, right? To, to get ready to fight or to run away. So as you might imagine, if a tiger was jumping out to eat you, sex should be the last thing on your mind. So hence, when you're really stressed, that lower sex drive uh, for everybody. So so what can you do to create more testosterone and have a higher libido and a more satisfying sex life? So I want to talk about that because again, and I'm going to relate all this to the honeymoon phase. So just hang in there with me. But, uh, you know, competitive or aerobic exercise is really the winner here by far for a few reasons. First, so anything where you're competing, that kind of exercise increases your testosterone levels in the body and helps keep them at an even keel when you do it consistently. Um, so... I, I'm always thankful in many ways that my man, that Gary, uh, he work, he loves to work out. God bless him. I don't, I wish I did, but he loves it, loves to work out. And he does these Spartan races. He loves to compete. He's, he loves to compete with himself. He, he ain't out there racing with anybody else, but he is definitely pushing himself 
all the time. He, he has a very competitive spirit. You know, he plays softball with the guys. He, you know, he, he loves competition. He just loves it. He used to do triathlons for years. Um, and th- this is really where he lives. He, he loves that. And um, yeah, and our sex life is great. So there you go. But, uh, but it really helps, really helps keep everything moving and uh, everything on keel. So also aerobic exercise is the best antidote for stress. Some studies show, and this is, I mean, there's actually a lot of studies that show this, show that it's even more effective than medication, exercise. I, all my clients who are feeling anxious or depressed or any of that, I push, push, push uh, working out to them. Uh, because exercise burns off those stress hormones, it burns off the cortisol, the adrenaline, and it ups your production of other neurotransmitters called endorphins and enkephalins. You've probably heard of endorphins. And these are the, you know, again, and neurotransmitters are just chemical messengers in your brain. But these guys help relieve their job, endorphins and enkephalins, their job is to relieve pain, anxiety, and stress. And so it's like your body's natural Valium. So you want to feel less stressed, you want more of these, bingo, right? And decreased stress equals hotter sex. So, and the other piece I want to say is that exercise uh, really helps with sleep. So remember, being tired is one of the other key factors that reduces sex drive. So um, so <laughs> I will say, it's kind of funny now that I think about it. Some studies show that having sex raises testosterone levels. So the more sex you have, the more sex you'll want, which is kind of interesting. I just thought of that. Anyway, sorry, getting back to sleep. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I just did a whole episode on sleep. I will link to it in the show notes, but um, sleep is super duper important in getting good rest. So, but let's get back to those stages. So I just want to throw that in there about, you know, I thought why not have a little bonus about having better sex. Okay. But so as I mentioned earlier, Fisher gives this this honeymoon phase about two years, in some cases three, but that's really pushing it. So we're really talking like 18 to 24 months. And because inevitably, and here's the good news, because inevitably you move into the attachment stage. So that second, the trust and attachment, that second phase of relationships and love. And in that phase, there's an increase in different biochemicals. So the ones here are vasopressin and oxytocin. Those are the biggies. And when that happens, the those other hormones, those other neurotransmitters, the dopamine, all that, that surge, they all return to normal. And that's when the honeymoon phase ends. So it's ending because you're moving into something else that is really what you want, that trust and attachment. Because, it, you know, that's where you're really, that's where the staying power is in a relationship. That's where that's where the long-term is. You just want to keep the sex and the um, excitement and all that. And you can, you can. But again, it's not going to ever feel like that initial thing because once the limerence ends, you're seeing people for really who they are. And that's an okay thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it doesn't mean you should concentrate on the negative or focus on their negatives. As you know, I'm not about that. It does mean though that we have to get kind of, you know, real in our world. So that so I want you to see it as more of a good thing. So it, it went so when the honeymoon or infatuation phase ends, you've deepened your attachment to your partner. And that means a deepening emotional intimacy, 
just a different place in your relationship. So that second level, I don't want to say second level because it makes it sound like it's linear, but remember in that constellation, this attached attachment and trust star <laughs> of the relationship brain constellation, if you want to talk like that, is huge because this is where the true bonding happens. This is where emotional closeness deepens because this phase is ruled by oxytocin. So we get rid of some of the craziness and we, and we again, get down to the bonding. And it's that's what oxytocin is. It's basically a bonding hormone. Most people have heard of it because of women having babies, having them babies. Uh, However, but you can create it all the time with something a lot simpler than having a baby and a lot less painful than having a baby. You can create it very easily, oxytocin, with touch, touch, just touching. Get in the habit of touching your partner often and increasing the bond, increasing the bond. And so, you know, holding hands, spooning at night, cuddling on the couch, uh, giving them a foot massage or, you know, kissing hello and goodbye. Anytime you can, get yourself on some skin, bare skin. You really want the bare skin as much as possible. Um, it, it does make a difference as opposed to through clothing. So think about it. Um, having sex, especially an orgasm, is another way to release oxytocin. Again, much more pleasurable than having a baby. Um, and again, build those feelings of attachment and trust quickly. Uh, and here's what I want you to think about. Outside of the actual act of sex, Men get the most oxytocin when they kiss and women get the most when they hold hands, according to the research. So make sure you're doing more of what your partner needs when it comes to ox the oxytocin build. And so if you're, you know, I don't care if you're in a, a same-sex relationship, different sex, uh, do we say that now? Am I being not cool with calling it? Okay. If you're, Yeah doesn't matter who you're with. It's how they identify, male or female. And if they don't identify as either of those, then um, I don't have research on that yet. So I apologize. But maybe just ask and notice and be your own scientist in your relationship and see how people react when you do, how your partner reacts when you do certain things. Uh, but the, you know, get, and I'm going to talk more about the kissing and how long it should last. Talk about a, a cliffhanger um, to really get the most bang for your buck when I get to the tips, but I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but you really want to be focusing on that. When you trust your partner, I want to say this because when you trust your partner, the sex is really good. That's when the sex gets great. So yeah, it can be really exciting and whatever when you're in the uh, limerence phase, but when you really build that trust, you're willing to try new things. You're not so worried about looking stupid or embarrassing yourself. If you feel total trust in your partner, you'll go for it. You'll be, because you feel that safe space. And I will tell you this, hot sex is messy. I've said this before, hot sex is messy. You might uh, choke or even throw up a little bit when you uh, give a blowjob, right? If you, uh, if you're going down on a woman, you might not like how it all smells or tastes initially. I hope you get to love that. But uh, you might see some poop if you try anal sex. You might see some poop. Could happen. Uh, you could find out the hard way that, you know, like the living room coffee table does not support your weight, <laughs> you know, when you try to have sex on it. You might find that your dirty talk game isn't very good. You might scream out, eat my pussy, and your partner pulls back, and then you feel embarrassed. I don't know. Uh all these things happen. You know, if you're having missionary sex every Tuesday at eight, only in your bed for 20 years, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's no way 
that erotic spark is happening. So again, when we talk about the honeymoon phase ending is fine, but having great sex, a lot of physical intimacy uh, is awesome. So, and really I think by definition, an erotic sex life with your long-term partner is gonna mean bringing something new in. Um, we're, I'm always thinking of something new, you know, in the bedroom and not, I shouldn't say always, I'm often, wondering like, oh, could I, do? and it doesn't have to be anything really crazy. It could be, oh, it's the middle of the afternoon. Maybe I'll go to put on some lingerie and go lay in the bed, see what happens. Uh, it could, you know, but if you're nervous that your partner's going to reject you all the time, and you know, if you do that, then you're not going to do it and you're not going to go for it. So that's why that trust is so important. And that bonding is so important. You, you have to figure that out together. So this phase is huge. And Again, when we try new things, they don't always work. We're putting our fragile little egos on the line and we need to trust that our partner will be there with us as we take these risks. So that's why it's so important. But I will say this, the research says that most couples who get to the attachment phase have less sex than those in the infatuation phase, okay? Uh, so, and that kind of makes sense, right? You get to that next, that attachment phase because there's other things that you're doing to get the biochemicals that feel the best, that feel really good. Um, and so sex can still be important and still be there, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not the only thing, it's not the center of anything. And you know that that infatuation phase, it's just, it's just you can't keep your hands off each other, that's all there is. And it's lovely, but there's so much more to life, right? There's so much more going on. And really it's not lovely to be at work and not be able to concentrate because you're just thinking nonstop about this person. We want a balanced life, we want a full life, we want many things in our lives. You don't wanna you know, throw over all your girlfriends because your man's around you know, now and you don't wanna talk to them. You know, We want, again, rich relationships everywhere. And you can't have a rich relationship any, everywhere when you're, because limerence puts us so out of balance. It's not a balanced state. It's fine to be in for short term. It's just like being drunk. You know, I guess drunk is, you know, not for me necessarily, but for others, drunk is okay. But if you did it every time, all day, every day, it would be a big problem because you'd have no balance. If you, if you get, you know, I don't know, drunk with your friends once or twice a month or something, it's not a big deal um, because it's just sort of a, you know, it, again, there's that balance. There's other things happening. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> so if you, st so I really want you to think about this. Okay. So once the honeymoon or infatuation phase ends and those hormone levels drop, you're either going to move to the attachment phase or you're going to break up right? You're going to move to the attachment phase or you're going to break up. But, here, but here's the deal. If you stay together, you want to make sure it's for the right reasons. If there's any fear involved, um, well, I want to have babies and I'm already 35, so I'm going to stay in this relationship. Or, you know, I've already invested all this time. I don't want to start all over. These are the things I hear from my clients and they always disturb me because that's not a relationship. You know, it's, you're thinking, well, this is good enough, you know, in some way. And is it? So I, I want you to be real quote unquote realistic, I want you to notice that, okay, can't be like the infatuation phase. Nothing can be, but I also don't want you to be completely settling for something that's way out of what you really need, you know, what you really love and want. So uh, if you're starting in this in fear on um, these, because these are fear reasons to be in a relationship. You don't want to be alone. You don't want to start all over. You want to have a family and it's too late or something like that. Those are fear reasons. So if you do that, you're going to be in trouble because what do I say? You can't base a love relationship on a fearful premise, on fearful feelings or thoughts. So you're going to need to do some work so you come from a love-based place moving forward. That's for sure. And if you break up at this point, let's say the honeymoon phase ends, you break up, 
if you break up at that point because you're on the hunt for the excitement and the sex of a new relationship, you know, this too shall pass. It's, in other words, you will inevitably end up back in the same place because you can't stay there. You can't stay in the honeymoon phase, but you know people do this all the time. And I will tell you, I did it for years. I did it for years. I was what we call a serial monogamist for (laughs) the first 15 years of dating and relationships. Uh, I loved being in love initially. I really loved it. And my early relationships, they pretty much had an 18-month expiration date, which when I saw the research on the honeymoon phase, I thought, oh, there it is. (laughs) Uh, And this didn't become apparent to me until I did some serious therapy later. Okay, so, you know, my late 20s, early 30s, when I really started to go, oh, what am I doing? That's when I figured out what I was doing. And that's when I was able to shift into having a longer term relationship. So I, in the day, though, I would be with a man, I profess my love, I'd move in, we always moved in, got to move in, right? I Now I call it taking hostages. But then I was just moving in, very excited about all the love, you know, moving in after two weeks. I gave him all my adoration and my attention and that would last about a year and a half. And then I would abruptly kind of not feel it anymore and leave. And then I was out. And I'm not proud talking about this. It doesn't feel good talking about this. It's somewhat shameful. I'm in touch with my feelings right now as I talk about this. Um, But it's what I did. And there were definitely broken hearts in my wake. It was not cool how I left. And I usually left uh, when the person I was with that was mostly men, but there was a couple women in there, started talking about like, you know, long-term marriage, you know, buying houses, whatever. That's when I was like, oh, I really got to go because what was happening? They were moving into the attachment phase, right? And I was out of there. I wasn't looking for that. Now, I will say, I used to say early on that I wasn't interested in marriage because I wasn't. Um, But you know, it doesn't matter. If you, you can say that, But if you know the other person is interested, it is still your responsibility to be loving and kind in that relationship and leave. Uh, If you know that the other person, I I get people in the office all the time say, well, I I told her from the beginning that I wasn't going to get married. And I get that. uh, But if she keeps staying, it's because she thinks something different is going to happen. And and if you know she wants to get married, if she's saying, I don't want to get married either, that's fine. But if she's saying, I want to get married she's hoping that you're going to change one day just because you said something out loud. That's nice, but it's still kind of mean to stay. At some point, you have to be kind to this other person and realize that you're you're hurting them. And so uh, that's that's probably another podcast. So anyway, I would in- inevitably get out of Dodge, you know, I, I would, they'd start talking future and this was my wake up call to get the heck out of there. So I did that again for a pretty long time and it wasn't until therapy and I learned about my avoidant attachment style, which I will link to in the show notes. I did a whole podcast on attachment styles. Uh, I really started to figure out what my problem really was. So, and I'll tell you something funny, as in, God has a sense of humor and maybe isn't so nice versus not funny like watching Chris Rock do stand up. So if you break up and stay instead of staying together at at this point as after the honeymoon phase ends. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Your heart might feel broken. And so, you know, that would happen, right? You, you break up. This didn't happen to me, but this happens to a lot of people. They, the honeymoon phase ends, they break up. And then your heart feels broken. And what's interesting is that your hormones will change again when you're feeling that. And you'll get another dopamine boost. And guess what? You might forget all the good reasons you broke up and end up back in bed together. Yeah. This dopamine boost is also why you have no interest in eating. And you you know how you end up losing weight in the very beginning, and the very end of a relationship? Yeah. Dopamine boost. Anyway. Uh but do you see how that, because I know you're wondering like, why do I go back to that person over and over? That part of it, again, is your brain being hijacked, You these these chemicals that are happening. So there's a great uh, Dua Lipa song, you know, where she says, uh, if you're under him, you ain't getting over him. Yeah. This is why the cycle goes round and round. So the key is not to give into your chemistry. If you push, push past it, you'll eventually move past the infatuation and the romanticizing and all that. But in the beginning, you know, really hard. Okay. So having said all that, this is, this, uh, you know, about moving like from phase to phase, again, I want to say, and Fisher cautions this, and I'm cautioning this, that thinking of all this in a linear timeline isn't the way to go, because you can flow back and forth between stages, like this would happen, right? You'd get kind of to the attachment, and then you'd flow back to that limerence for a little while. So you, at or you might start out best friends with someone, I'm sure, listening right now, someone's saying, oh yeah, I was best friends with someone. So, uh, you know, you're already in that attachment phase, that attachment trust phase, and then you develop sexual feelings for them. And you sort of move into that honeymoon phase, you know, that that sex and lust phase, that infatuation. Or, and even if you've known them for years. So you can see how that can happen, right? How things can kind of move back and forth about things. So, and I do want to say, of course, a word about affairs here. And if you're in a relationship and you're having an affair, even in a long-term one, um, it could be short-term, long-term affair, doesn't matter. You don't move into the attachment phase. That's why the limerence or the honeymoon phase keeps going. So I've had clients who were having an affair for years and years with someone and still felt all that honeymoon stuff a lot because they, even though it was years past that two-year mark and that's what was keeping them hooked. But, you know, it's again, because they... Uh, all that excitement is there. They don't see them very often. It's like stolen moments. It's, you know, there's a lot of ways they're not living a life with them. They're not deepening an attachment to them. They're not, you know, they're not having all those other pieces. So they don't move into that. So they sort of stay in that kind of uh, infatuation sort of thing. But I will say even people who've had affairs for a long time, usually even 
that infatuation goes, even if they haven't seen them often, because you start to get attached to the person. You start to know them better. You start to, you know, have more going on. Uh, so anyway, so that, that becomes a problem, but that's why that limerence or that honeymoon phase can keep going. You know, you're not, you're not moving in together. You're not dealing with the day-to-day things that bring a relationship down. Uh, you know, you're just all about those stolen moments and all the chemicals that, you know, keep that phase lasting as long as it does. So, uh, anyway. All right. So now what, now what, Abby, now that you know all the why, Let's get to the what. Now you know your brain was hijacked. You don't necessarily want to stay in that honeymoon phase, but you got to do something. So that feeling is ending. And now, again, sometimes what happens a lot is that you sort of crash to earth because remember, part of limerence is that you overestimate your partner's stuff. You see them in a, a way too good of a light for too long. And, and you know, it hurts a lot more to drop from the 10th floor of a building than from the first floor of a building. <laughs> and that's kind of what limerence does. It, it brings you up to the 10th floor. Uh, but it was an imaginary 10th floor. It was never really there. That's the problem. So what do you do when the honeymoon phase ends? You focus on all the ways to be attached and then how you can move ultimately into that feeling of being in love, that romantic phase of being with your partner, which is the best feeling ever. I definitely feel that with with uh, my man, with Gary, just that romantic, we're, you know, we're that couple that's really annoying to be around. I'm going to admit it now. I'm admitting it now. I'm not saying we don't have issues. I'm not saying we don't get into it or whatever. But overall, um, you know, I just think he's the bee's knees and he seems to think the same. <laughs> he always says that, the real way to be in a relationship is for each person to think they're getting a better deal, right? Like, I think I'm getting a better deal. Oh my God, man in his 50s who looks as good as him and has a great job and likes his life and is a happy guy and all that good stuff and so kind and sweet and generous and wonderful and sexy and all that. He could have a younger woman than me. <laughs> he could totally have his choice of someone with a lot less issues and <laughs> a lot less stuff going on. But so... But so that's how I feel like, oh my God, I'm getting over. I'm getting such a deal. But he feels the same about me. I know he's crazy, uh, but let's not tell him. So, but that that's sort of this, you know, really great thing. And and again, then the sex is great and the connection's great. And, you know, it's all sort of happening. And it, I, l- let's be clear, nothing is ever perfect. It's not about that, but it's about really getting into that sort of other place in the relationship that feels really good. So, and this is that time of relationship where there's that knowing that the other person has your back no matter what. That's that true sort of romantic love feeling, like real partnership, real re- real togetherness. Um, and you still, I get butterflies and nervous energy, like that honeymoon phase, but it's a good thing now, not a bad thing now. It doesn't throw me off my keel. It doesn't make me crazy, you know, uh, but I, I do, I get little, if I haven't, you know, seen him in a little bit or, you know, we go on vacation and we're in sort of, you know, we're, uh, you know, wearing our sexier clothes and hanging out together more and doing all that. It, it, I can feel those butterflies and it's a really nice thing. Uh, do I feel them every single day, all day? Uh-uh. But <laughs> do they come up? Yeah. So what I'm saying is when you leave that limerence and you leave that honeymoon phase and you get into the more deepening phases of relationship, you will find a lot of that good stuff again, but in a much better context. It's so much better on the other side. Uh, we say in 12-step program, don't believe, don't leave before the miracle. Don't, you know, 
uh, don't leave when you're, you, you're like, it's like you're halfway through and you don't realize you're halfway through. So, you know, stick it out. And that's very much what this is. But I don't want you to feel like you're sticking it out like it's hard work. I want you to feel like, oh, I'm getting good stuff all along the way. Um, <laughs> so you, you know, when you're in this more romantic love, being in love phase, you feel confident and satisfied more often. You're deepening your level of uh, closeness and intimacy, which actually leads to better sex and more satisfaction overall. I mean, everything. So I can't, you know, I can't tell you enough. Like, let's do the work. Let's get you over there. So here's my tips. You ready? I think I have five today. I usually have five. I have five. So number one, avoid the bad stuff. I've talked about this before. I'll link to that. Uh, <laughs> I'll link to that podcast in the show notes. But one of the thing, best things you can do to move your relationship forward is not screw up. You get more bang for your buck in your relationship, not by doing that wonderful thing, but not by not doing the annoying thing. I've talked about, it's called the negativity effect, and it's because it's the, it's really a key to a satisfied, happy relationship. Um, and so you really want, and I'm, I'll, get, I'll talk a little more about this in the um, blog, but, you know, uh, I talk about marriage researcher um, John Gottman's, uh, his five to one ratio that for every five positive things you do in your relationship, pretty much for every one negative thing you do, it's, it, it's, it balances it out. <laughs> so if, you know, try not to screw up, like really work on that. Uh, Cause you have to work a lot harder the other way. Okay. Number two, tip number two is to add novelty. Gotta add some, you gotta avoid, you know, avoiding boredom. That's the key. Gotta avoid the boredom. And if you want a happy, connected, fulfilling, satisfying relationship. So we're not trying to go back to the honeymoon phase. I want to be clear, but we are trying to deepen the connection, the trust, the romance. So, and the chemical you need to focus on to create that in love feeling is that dopamine. And it's one of the main components in the brain's pleasure centers. And uh, it, and studies have shown that it, it stimulates romantic love. So you know, how do you get that flowing? How do you, you know, move that along? The research shows again that trying new things or novelty triggers the release of dopamine in the brain. Um, I like to say happy couples do new things together. So when you have a new experience, your reward system is activated and it floods with dopamine and other neurotransmitters. So instead of cheating and finding someone new that way to get the dopamine, hey, do something with your partner that's new. Uh, <laughs> that These are the same brain circuits that fire when you first fall in love. So uh, the more novelty, the closer a couple gets is basically it. So and I really like couples to plan something new to do together that neither of them have has done before, that neither of you has done, if possible. If it's, you know, because it, otherwise it sets somebody up to not be doing something really new, except the fact that they've added their partner. So if that's something that really gets you off, I'll take it. But otherwise, try to find something new together, like neither of you has done. I've talked about this before, you know, I don't know, take a metalsmithing class, uh, do a walking tour, even go to your favorite restaurant, but order all new food. Don't order anything you've ever ordered before. Uh, go to a new restaurant you've never been to. Try that Ethiopian food you've been thinking about. You know, do, I know it's harder in quarantine. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm talking about here. Um, do something where you're both on the learning curve. So it's really doing that together. Uh, again, new sex positions, new toys, new places to have sex, anything, anything, wear something different, uh, will put some novelty back in. It just can be anywhere and it, it'll do it. It'll start to create, again, and more of that oxytocin, that bonding hormone, it's a win-win-win. 
Tip number three is, of course, the physical intimacy. And I'm going to now get down with the um, how long you should be kissing, right? So this is a good one and hugging. Uh, and again, so Fisher, the who I keep, Helen Fisher, I keep talking about, she distinguishes lust from infatu- infatuation. So I do want to say that, that limerence infatuation is a little different than just having lust for your partner. And it de- feeling lust doesn't mean you're in love. Some couples, again, start out with lust and then move into infatuation or that honeymoon phase. That has happened. Um, and we all know you can fall in love without even having sex. Hello, internet dating sites, all kinds of things. <laughs> People get very into each other and they've never even met, let alone had sex. So, but when you do fall in love, your sex drive is triggered. That's what's so great. That in love feeling, again, will trigger it. So, and, you know, one day you feel in love and the next day everything your partner does is sexually attractive. <laughs> I find it so sexy when he's all smelly from working out. Uh, you know, I, I say these things. Um, that's what happens though. It's really, it's, it's really an interesting thing. So new, the new high levels of dopamine in your brain, of this dopamine in your brain, have you thinking nonstop about sex again. It's really interesting. So the key is to realize that you can leave the honeymoon phase with your desire intact. Okay. Um, again, I've got it. You can do it. I promise. So, but you've got to make it a priority. There are many ways you can experiment. Let's face it with your sex life. And it's important to understand that leaving the honeymoon phase doesn't have to be the end of anything, um, you know, positive. It, 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 that can just be seen as like, okay, that was that. And now we're going to really get good. Now we're going to really go somewhere. Um, I, I do. And I said it before, I think leaving the stage and and really the lies of limerence is a good thing. Um, and deepening that trust and attachment can mean a very fun, spontaneous life together. So uh, so now we're really looking to create, to really build that bonding hormone again, that oxytocin, as well as this uh, vasopressin. That's another hormone. These hormones make us feel calm, connected, and secure. And they're definitely, they're linked to behaviors that produce long-term monogamous relationships. That's why you care. So even if you're not having sex or as much as as you'd like, make it a point, again, to touch with as much skin as possible, as often as possible. So, and Gottman, my man Gottman, he's really not my man, but he's just, you know, he's a bomb marriage researcher that I quote all the time. But (laughs) he studied the amount of time it takes for oxytocin to be released by hugging and kissing. Do you love it? So how long does it take to have bonding with that? And he clocked it at 20 seconds for a hug and six seconds for a kiss. Yeah. So, and he says, I love this quote, a a six second kiss is a kiss with potential. (laughs) So I like that. Um, So make it a priority to get in a 20 second hug and at least a six second kiss every day. I would love to challenge you right now. Here you go. Ready? Abby challenge. This week, this week, Every once a day, have a 20 second hug and a six second kiss. I don't care if you have to count kind of as you're doing it. Hopefully you'll lose count. That's what I hope. Um, But really think about this and just see, see how you feel, see what comes up, see what happens. But I believe strongly you will feel um, a change. I really, really do. So um, come on, six second kiss, go for it. Uh, I've talked before about when your partner comes home, greet them at the door. I do this a lot with Gary. And I've said before, we kind of make out a little at the door, not every time, but we'll uh, always kiss and hug right there and have a moment. It's always a little bit longer though than just, it's never just a peck and walking away. It's always a moment like, 
putting the bags down and really having a moment. And it's a wonderful, but it takes seconds, 20 seconds, six seconds. It's not a long time, but you'll notice a difference. So I want to challenge you to do that. I love that. Okay. Tip number four, attention and intention. Your relationship and your sex life are fluid. You can move between the phases, right? Like I said, but you've got to bring attention and intention to your relationship every single day right? I say it a lot because it's true. Great relationships aren't built in a day. Great relationships are built daily. So make your partner a priority and set a positive intention with them often, and you will see good things. You will see changes. You will. So uh, you all know about my 18 second shift. I'll link to it in the show notes for the video of setting intention. It takes 18 seconds. You can do it, but setting it often. Uh, there's no greater gift you can give your partner than your full attention, you know? So set that intention and then give them attention. So, you know, really have it right there. No fubbing, you know, no electronics, start really connecting. Uh, that's, all of this is nothing if you don't put in a little bit of effort there. And the last tip I have for what to do when the honeymoon phase ends is to create a couple's ritual. I've talked about this before and create a ritual that's just for the two of you. Just the two of you, you do it and you do it hopefully every day. I have couples who do all kinds of things. I've talked about this before. I'm going to repeat it again though. I have a couple, a few now, because I've, I always tell couples I'm working with about what other couples did. <laughs> so they, they sort of adopt it. The couple's happy hour is one of my favorites where, um, you know, you take this time, you go to a separate part of the house, no kids, no anybody else. It's maybe at four o'clock every day or three o'clock every day or whatever you just, or six o'clock every day. And you just have this time, put the kids in front of electronics, whatever you want to do for 30 minutes and you're not bothered. It's just the two of you. And uh, yeah, have a drink if you want. You, They can be virgin drinks or real drinks. They could be, I have couples who have special uh, things that they buy, you know, they try different li liqueurs during this time or different drinks. They make like a little house drink during this time. I have couples that get special food that the kids don't know about that they eat during their happy hour <laughs> that are kept like special locked away for, to come out during happy hour. Um, this is just time for the two of you together. Uh, another thing, the morning gratitude over coffee. One of my favorites is to sit with your partner every morning for just, again, a couple minutes, whatever you have to do if you have kids, but just have that couple minutes with your partner. Say what you're grateful for or what you really appreciate about your partner. I like to do both. One, an appreciation for your partner, something you appreciate about them, and one thing you're grateful for in your life as a whole. And uh, just do that. Have a moment. Have a cup of coffee together or tea or juice or water or a smoothie or whatever it is that you like. And that's it. Just start the day with that bonding. Um, I have another couple that they sneak a cigarette together right before bed. I actually have two couples that do this. Um, and they just have a little cigarette together before bed. It's I love it. This little, I mean, I don't love people smoking and I often tell them that, but I really like this. And they talk about how it feels bonding. It feels, you know, just like a nice little time. I want to remind you, whatever these rituals are, do not talk logistics of your life during them. Do not. Do not talk about the kids and summer camp or work or anything. Just talk to each other. Just say, hi, how you feeling today? Um, is there anything that you're thinking about that you need help with? Is there anything um, I can do to let you know how much I love you? 
you know, uh, whatever. Just talk, say gratitude. You can do couples happy hour and talk about what you're grateful for. You can talk about something you're working on, mention something you're reading, a podcast you're listening to, something that interests you. Any of those things are wonderful and fabulous. Think about when you were first dating. <laughs> you, We would talk for hours with our partners, right? With our prospective partners. That's usually why we decided they were our person. And we didn't have kids then. We weren't sharing a house then. We didn't have, st- we didn't have anything else then. What did you talk about then? If you're stuck, I I see people do it all the time. They're stuck. You talked about things and it wasn't just, uh, you know, um, you didn't just talk about getting to know each other stuff. You talked about all kinds of other stuff. But I will say getting to know each other stuff is fun too. So uh, you can do the um, 36 love questions, you know, that the, the New York Times put out a few years ago. I'll tell you what, I will link to that in the show notes under this Create a Couples Ritual. You can do that. There's so many things, you know, just ask each other a question during the during your happy hour and see what comes up. Whatever will just get you into a different mode together. Okay, so... I guess I'll wrap up. Those are my five tips. You know, and 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 Fisher talked about this, which I love. She said that anthropologists have now found lo- evidence of romantic love in 170 societies. And the most important part of that to me is that in in not one culture where they looked, did they not find it? In other words, everywhere they looked, they found it. So it's likely in way more than 170 societies. They just haven't looked in those societies yet. But in every single one they looked, they found it. It's romantic love is a wonderful thing. You deserve it. You deserve it. It's not as far away as you think. So let's put some thought and some attention into this really wonderful component of a happy, fulfilled life. And if you're listening to this and don't have a partner right now, uh, you can still really think about how do you want to be in a relationship totally? Like maybe you're noticing that you're in that honeymoon phase only and you never seem to get past it. Really, let's focus on having this full, rich life. Okay, that's it for today. Woo! Thank you so much for listening. I love our time together. Uh, come on over to the website, abbymetcalf.com and uh, forward slash podcast and you can get the show notes and all the great links I talked about in today's show. And that's it. Have a wonderful week. Know that I love you dearly and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.